Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, Networld, and thank you for tuning in again. We are continuing in our series titled, The Family Bible Revolution, An End-Time Message for His Generational Blessing. This will be session number 48 concerning this revolution, this revelation that I've received, this end-time message for His Generational Blessing. Amazing. 48 sessions so far. I might be able to finish up today and maybe tomorrow, but we'll see. The one thing I've never really shared is how I came about this Revelation, or what I call the Family Bible Revolution. So I'd like to give you my testimony, my story of my life and my ministry, and how I got to this point. I'm actually 62 years old as we speak, and I grew up as a musician, a drummer. I fell into a life of music and drugs and alcohol and women, and I could not find myself. I loved music, but the drugs, alcohol, and women became terrible false hopes to me, and prophecies for a life without happiness and true meaning. In my quest for happiness, I sought help through a lady who performed automatic handwriting. In her process, she contacted the spirits of the dead while holding a pen over writing paper. Supposedly, as different spirits entered and left her hand, they wrote messages to me. As one spirit left and another entered, the handwriting completely changed. In any session, there would be three to five different spirits and, and therefore three to five messages. But interestingly enough, only she could read the handwriting. They prophesied my future with a move to New York, a marriage, and, and there was one who called himself Funky Guide who vowed to help me to be a better drummer. Over the next several years, for some reason, the prophecies never came true and I could never sense the assistance of any spirit helping me play. So I disregarded my experiences with automatic handwriting and sought after another avenue. And then I gave a faithful and dedicated attempt to find myself through transcendental meditation. And after paying $125 and receiving my mantra and the instructions through the guru, I religiously meditated twice a day, 20 minutes each time, while in the meditation pose chanting my mantra as instructed for an entire year. For some reason, no matter how faithful I was, in between my meditations, I was still the same old person I was before, with no more joy, no more peace or purpose in life. Happiness still eluded me. While taking a walk on the beach in Panama City, Florida, with a friend named Gene Johnson, I shared my desire for something that was real. He said five words that forever changed my life. He said, what you need is Jesus. Well, now this makes it important for us to go back into my childhood. I grew up in a loving family, however not in a religious home. We attended Catholic Mass on Christmas and Easter. 
and they sent me to the Catholic catechism class after school on Thursdays. Then I began to do poorly in school, so they sent me to Catholic private school for the 7th and 8th grades. This helped me get better grades. However, whatever I learned about Jesus during the catechism classes and the two years in a private Catholic school did not seem to connect. Now, back to the five words. What you need is Jesus. You see, I knew the name. I knew he died on the cross and rose again. But beyond that, I had no clue to who he was. I'm not sure if my instruction was poor or if I just never listened. But I had no clue to who Jesus was. I knew nothing of his life, nothing of the word of God, or anything that Jesus did. I did know the Our Father and Hail Mary prayers, but that was all I could remember. When Jean said, what you need is Jesus, my heart jumped, and I knew that was exactly what I was looking for. Somehow, I just knew it. Although I knew it, having no facts or guidance, I did not know what to do. That summer, someone had given me a witness tract entitled, Four Spiritual Laws by Dr. Bill Bright of Campus Crusade for Christ. I remember in Panama City reading that tract over and over, day after day after day after day. I don't remember the exact timing, but to the best of my recollection, my Panama City experience was the summer of 1978. Fast forward to Sunday, February 11th, 1979, Gene and a few of my friends went to Rock Church in Virginia Beach. That day, I went forward to the altar and gave my heart to Jesus. I don't remember what I said, but I was born again, and my life was changed forever. Now, 36 years later, and I'm still saved in loving life, actually, more and more every day. I truly had found inner happiness and joy. What happened after that day in February? Well, I joined a brand new startup church on Easter Sunday in April of 1980. It was Faith Landmarks Ministries with Pastors Randy and Shree Gilbert. I attended that church for 23 years, was married there, taught the word, and mentored there, hired and served in many positions for all those years, children's minister, administrator, assistant pastor, praise band drummer, Bible school teacher, helps ministry director, video department director, Richmond outreach director, and whatever else was necessary. It was the experience of a lifetime. Then in January of 2003, I felt the call to leave and begin my own ministry doing family children's crusades and children's workers seminars. In September that year, while traveling, the Lord instructed me to pioneer a church called the Master's House. And on January 11, 2004, we held our first service in Ashland, Virginia. In 2006, in the month of my 25th anniversary, my wife said she no longer loved me and was leaving. Her main complaint was that I was more married to the ministry than to her. Wow, I was caught completely off guard. I did not see it coming. How would I save my marriage? What about the kids? What about the church? What about the future? Without getting into any details, I was unable to save the marriage, and we were divorced. Somehow the church remained intact. My advisory team and board of trustees encouraged me to continue to pastor the church, And it is now almost 10 years since that tragedy began. In the summer of 2012, the church had a very difficult time with some strife and division. When all was said and done, a large group had left the church and we ended up in a very small building with the core of the church still intact. Due to the size of the building and certain people who left, we were without a children's ministry and a youth ministry. We all had to adjust to meeting in the same room with the parents, the kids, and youth all together. 
This was very difficult for me, being a lifetime children's minister. However, it was all we could do at the time. I remember crying out to the Lord for help. How could we have church without a children's and youth ministries? Well, within a week, a family attended the church, and they brought me a DVD called Divided the Movie and recommended I watch it. Oh my, my life was turned around again. I saw the producer was a pastor named Scott Brown, and he had also written a book titled A Weed in the Church. This was a pastor and church that did not have any children's or youth ministry, and yet were growing, healthy, happy, and successful. I had watched the movie, and I read the book, but I still needed more information. And then on Monday, September 3rd, 2012, I called the Hope Baptist Church in North Carolina and left a message to see if I could talk with someone. I gave a short explanation as to who I was and why I was calling. And to my surprise, the next morning I had a text message from Scott Brown and he asked me to call him. And he just happened to be in Fredericksburg, Virginia, about 30 minutes away with a group from his church. And he asked me if I could meet him the next morning for breakfast. And so I did. And I brought my questions with me. I asked, do you have any children's ministry on Sunday morning? He said, no. I asked, do you have any nursery? He responded, no. I asked, do you have any youth ministry? He responded, no. I asked, do you have any separate youth or children's ministry meetings or events? He said, no, we do everything together. Then I said, well, what do you do if you have any trouble with the children or youth? He responded, that's the parent's responsibility. I said, what about babies making noise? He says, it doesn't make for a good television ministry, but we don't have our services televised. The noise doesn't bother us. We like children and youth. Then I asked, do you have Sunday school? He said, no. Then I asked, well, how long are your services? He said, two hours. Wow, I said, two hours. Oh, my gosh. And then I asked, how many attend your church? He said, about 200. I made a statement. I said, it seems that there is more to just attending service together as a family, that there's something happening in the homes of your families. Scott responded, now you're beginning to see what's really going on. So I asked, well, how do you train your men to be the heads of their homes? And now there were three other men that were with Scott, and one spoke up with that question. He stated, you know, I now have 10 children, and that's the exact question I asked Scott when I came to the church, and I can tell you exactly how he answered it. And the man said, one, open the Bible, two, read it to your family, three, discuss it for how it should change your thinking and living, four, pray for one another, the saints and the lost, Five, do it at the beginning and the end of the day. Six, now you're trained, go do it. I was stunned. I thought about it for a minute. I said, you're kidding. I said, that could change the world. Then I realized as a minister of the gospel for 32 years, I had never done that. I did teach my children the word of God at church, but I never led family worship at home. I wonder, if I did that, could I still be married? Hmm. And then I responded to Scott, this could have tremendous ramifications in marriage. How many people do you have in your church that have been divorced? And Scott responded, none. Oh, my. I left that meeting stunned, bewildered, ashamed, and concerned. But at the same time, I was fired up with a new hope and vision. I wonder if I could begin this model in my church. Well, I met with a small group of children and youth that we had and asked them what they thought about doing everything together even attending church together with their parents. Unanimously, they all loved the idea and stated they would have no problem listening to me teach every Sunday morning. And they loved the idea 
of sitting with their parents in church. I took a Sunday morning and presented the movie called Divided the Movie, produced by Scott Brown and Friends, and everyone was agreeable to the change in our services and the format for all of our events and meetings. So in the fall of 2012, we began what we call our Family Integrated Vision. It has not been easy, especially in a geographical area where children's and youth ministry are so prominent, definitely outweighed the difficulties. All those years in children's ministries, and I was looking at how successful they were. Oh, it was pretty successful. But could it be more successful if I had trained up the parents to teach their children instead of me taking over that duty? Maybe they're more anointed than I am. Maybe I need to put all my strength into training up them to do their job. We'll discuss more of this tomorrow because we're out of time today. I'm just sharing my testimony about how I got to the place of this family Bible revolution, an end-time message for his generational blessing. I believe we'll be able to finish up in our next meeting, but this has been really great. 48 to 49 to 50 messages all about the family and how to have victory. I believe God's got a better way. I believe he has a plan. And if we're willing to listen, we can be totally successful. Tune in tomorrow. We'll see you at the same time. Be blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.